This is the concluding episode of Grace to Stand for 2023, and I found him. Darren Stone is back. Darren, how are you? Uh, I, I was not raptured, <laughs> and I, I have, I, I am still around, and it is great to be back on Grace to Stand. It's been a long time. I mean, it's been, I mean, I don't know, six weeks or something. I don't know. I know I did a few like devotional episodes by myself and I know. Uh you so what so but what let me tell everybody what we're doing. So we decided this is not going to be a, a heavy discussion. This is going to be a light discussion, maybe even like a lightning round or a shotgun shotgun round discussion. 10 points. And you know Darren and I are long-winded, so we are going to try to do mm. this in 35 minutes. 10 points, 10 questions as we wrap up 2023. Look to Christmas, the incarnation, uh, and the new year, and 2024. So we'll reflect on this past year, look to the future. This is the last episode. Are you ready, Darren? I am ready to go. Okay, number one, we're going to talk uh, updates on our life. And, and and people have been hearing from me, but what's going on in the stone world? Oh, okay. So in the stone world, we, as I mentioned before, we moved to Clayton, North Carolina, in suburban Raleigh. I'm serving continually with Ministry to State, and I'm also serving as the Associate Minister at Grace Reformed Presbyterian Church in Clayton, which is a, a church of the Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. So it's a different denomination. And just recently, I, um, I transferred into the ARP, which is, uh, which is a monumental thing for me because I've been in the PCA for a long time, and I love the PCA and have no desire to leave the PCA, but I'm really grateful to be part of this presbytery, of this church, this denomination. And um, so uh, probably the biggest thing happening there is that uh, our pastor, Ken Kunkel, has has taken on a new ministry call. So I am going to, his last Sunday will be on January 7th, and I'll be um, taking on the, the, you know, really all of the all of the pastoral roles and the preaching and so forth in the interim between um, now and the the calling of the new senior pastor. But so there's a there's a lot kind of ministry wise that's that's in a state of, of flux, but in good flux. Lots of good things going on, and very happy about it. You're very trendy, and with the times, you've transitioned, Darren, from the, from the PCA to the ARP. No, nothing nothing says trendy like Darren Stone. Yeah, yes, I, my, my yes. daughter, in whose room I am actually doing this podcast today, my 17-year-old daughter will be very happy to know that at least one person on the face of this earth thinks that I'm trendy. So Yes, yeah. Well, okay, and just to be clear with uh, for everybody, he's still with Ministry to State, and so yes. he's doing a dual call, and that, uh, that makes sense. He's in Raleigh. He's able to do that, and uh, it could really serve to not only bless... Uh, politicians mm-hmm. and people involved in government, but could also mm-hmm. you be used to bless that church. And so uh, that's a, that's a great thing. I will miss, I will miss our camaraderie at general assembly and even mm-hmm. in presbytery. And so, right. but maybe we can learn some things from our yes. brothers and sisters in the ARP. So I still, I'm still with the PCA. That's the thing with ministry to state and still under, still under that whole world. It's just my ordination status is, yeah. So I'm kind of in this world of two denominations, but yeah, I'll definitely miss that too, George. Yeah. So, so as for me, yeah, how about you? Man, I, I, 
I would guess listeners though, my church knows. I, mean, I, I was sick for like two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't know if I've ever had to call out the weekend before preaching. So mm-hmm. it was a busy time. We had a funeral here at the church. We had Christmas uh, staff and officer Christmas party. I was sick through that. I preached uh, with a sore throat. And uh, God was really just good and faithful through that. And then I just thought by the next week I'd be better. Well, I just got progressively worse. Sore throat turned to just terrible congestion, but also sinus pressure. I woke up in the middle of the night and my eyeballs were hurting from the sinus pressure. I never, never had it. So I had to call out and not preach. And then it, it even lasts into the next week. But thank God I am uh, 98%. I say 98% because every once in a while I blow my nose and it's it's not that pretty. Is, yes. Uh, but just getting through that. And um, so. The crush yeah, is busy. going around. That is for sure. I so. know. Man, everybody. Everybody's just. The, mm-hmm. the Sunday I missed church, my, wife's, my wife and the kids went and they came back and they were like, oh, man, everybody was coughing and sneezing and blowing uh, noses. It's like a Petri dish sometimes in there. I know. You know here. I know. Um, but that was number one, our updates on our life. Number two, what are you excited about uh, this this Advent season, this Christmas time or holiday season, the busyness of the end of the year? What are you, what are you excited about? Oh, it's just a fun time with having little kids. You know, they they just really soak up the holidays and the season and the decoration and going around at nighttime looking at Christmas lights and people's homes and um, just just the whole the whole deal kind of it brings back some nostalgia uh, from my own childhood and remembering Christmas time uh, when I was their age. So that, I mean, it's just, it's just fun to watch, watch it through their eyes. Um, but in particular, you know, we, we have as a family and as a church been focusing upon the incarnation, about Christ coming as a, as a child, you know, just looking at my children, I've got a three-year-old and a six-year-old and a 12-year-old and a 17-year-old and remembering that Jesus was their age at each, at each point in time. And, um, remembering they came, as helpless as a baby uh, for us and um, to be able to bring that that great story of Christ's birth, uh, the virgin birth, uh, to particularly my little children who are just learning more about it and talking more about it and they're able to articulate things about it and it's just becoming more and more embedded within them is a joy to to see that it's really a joy to see children at this time of year not only enjoying the obvious things of the of of the christmas season but in particular really beginning to to develop some concept of of why jesus coming uh, in the flesh was such an important thing yeah yeah as, as i as i consider what i'm excited for i mean we go to uh, we we go down to Florida and see family always. Um, it's it's a it's a great time. But like mm-hmm. the, just the busyness of the season. And I've always had a complicated relationship with holidays in general. I grew up in a Hallmark store. Uh, my parents ran it for thirty eight years or something. So my entire childhood was was uh, was driven by Hallmark holidays. Mm-hmm. And, and the seasons always start earlier and end later. Uh, they were they were busy times, and so in, in my in my adult unmarried life, I didn't I, I was like I felt free of the holidays, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, as you're speaking about like your kids, I was remembering just 
exactly what you were saying. It is such an exciting time for children that it's an exciting time for adults. And then now my kids are all teenagers and uh, it's really easy to kind of be um, apathetic about the the holiday-ishness of it, you know, this, this, but what, and honestly, pastors can kind of get down on holidays too. I don't know if you, you know, because we ought to be this excited for the entire, like every Sunday, you know, um, like in the reformed world, we are not driven by the church count, cal- like, like a supposed church calendar, as if like the big holy days are Easter Sunday and Christmas. It's just not, that's just not every Sunday is a celebration of the birth and resurrection of Christ yeah. for us. And yet, you know, I, I think the challenge for people in the Reformed world, though, is to recognize your people are joyful. And not only are your people are joyful, your neighbors who are not Christians are are joyful. Uh, and, and society is joyful. It's busy. It's materialistic. It has misplaced priorities. But yet, what a beautiful picture of of what it's supposed to be like and an overarching experience of joy, you know? And I think we ought to really, as you talk about the incarnation and we'll close the call with it, just remember that like we ought to be the most joyful people at this time. Uh, and so, uh, as I see society being joyful, it makes me want to tell them the reason why they ought to be joyful. Um, and so this will be a fun one. Favorite Christmas movie. I'll, I'll go first. Um, so growing up, my parents were from New York, of course, and so they loved all the old, like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, and, uh, and and that has a big New Yorkish kind of thing. But yeah. you know, uh, it's a Wonderful Life, all the old ones. My kids have no interest in those. <laughs> Even when I grew up, they were black and white and old, but I didn't mind them. But kids nowadays, I don't know if, if you're, they will not watch them or enjoy them. Um, Beyond that, I've never been a big Christmas movie person, but uh, I, I like the joke about Die Hard, quite frankly. Yeah, and, uh, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, Elf is funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I like Christmas Story, mm-hmm. and uh, I just watched a great one the other night called The Fat Man with Mel Gibson, which That's is kind cool. of a like a darker Christmas story, but it was hilarious. <laughs> it yes. was hilarious. How about you? Do you like Christmas movies? Um, I I do like Christmas movies. I don't get the opportunity to watch a whole bunch of movies. I'm not a huge movie person, but I do like Christmas movies. And um, my favorite Christmas movie absolutely is Christmas Vacation. Ah, okay. That That's my favorite Christmas movie. There are so many great one-liners in that movie. There are so many um, just absolutely hilarious scenes in that movie. We are the Chevy Chase generation. Yes, that we can relate to. I mean, the complications of having extended family around, the um, just the overwhelming nature of what's going on uh, during this time of year. The the the. That, you know, you, you, you just get in your head the, these grand visions of what Christmas is supposed to be. And then you plug the lights together and <laughs> they turn on. Yes. And there's all these frustrations. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just can I just can resonate with it. The, the joys and the disappointments and the humor of it all. As, and, as a dad, we, we all can kind of relate to Clark 
Griswold, I guess. Oh, man, can we ever relate to Clark Griswold? <laughs> like, like yes. the, just like the, the desire to want to, like, do good things for our family and them not, them not working out. Is, yeah. Uh, is, uh, yeah. Actually, I, mean, I haven't seen that one in a long time. I I, I might want to try to watch that with the kids. I, I heard this thing, or I saw this thing on, online. I don't know if it was a meme or whatever, but basically... Mm -hmm. There are three favorite Christmas movies, and then it ranks you who you are. But it's mm -hmm. it's a Christmas story, it's mm -hmm. Elf, and then it's Christmas Vacation. Right, right, so, right. So uh, I don't know, yeah. listeners, what's your favorite? What's mm -hmm. your favorite Christmas yeah. movie of those? My kids love Home Alone. That's their probably. Oh, the, of course, yeah, that should be included. That's in there. a that's a classic. That's you know some of those. The the thing about Christmas movies, things like Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, um, Home Alone, Elf. They're movies that have stood the test of time. I mean, they yeah. they've they've not just been a flash in the pan, but you watch them over and over every year, and they're still they still you know connect with you on some level. So anyway, that's true. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I think I'm going to try to watch Christmas Vacation with my kids this year. They're there you go. Watch as a family. There you so. go. Um. So b best story of Christmas growing up or, or just a fun story of Christmas. And again, I guess I'll, for me, I just remember getting this BMX bike and I don't remember if I was five or six, but this thing was big and shiny and it had, I think it had like big blue knobby tires or it might've been black. I don't remember now, but cause it was blue in the bike. Uh, but I remember it was too big for me. It was just, but I just felt so big on that thing. And there's, we have a picture of it. And that was just a, a memory that always kind of sticks with me. Right. I was on my bike all the time as a kid growing up in the neighborhood. And whenever I got a new bike, because, you know, you need to get one as you grow. I mean, you could, every now and then, every year or two, every yeah. couple of years, you know, you grow into a new bike and it would always be on Christmas. So I probably over the course of time maybe two or three bikes that i got during christmas and to me that was almost like the commercials that they have where it's christmas morning and the husband gives the, gives the wife this little box and inside the box or is is the key fob <laughs> to the new car that's sitting out uh, in in the lightly falling snow on the driveway, and it's like this Lexus, and so forth. I mean, it was like that level of excitement uh, to to me. I mean, it really was. I, I'm not I'm not embellishing that. Like getting a new bike was was like getting a new car. I mean, that was your that was as close. No, totally. To freedom I, that an yeah. eight year old. They can't even wrap it. It's just sitting. You walk yeah, out and sitting like, in the wow. living room like this this bike, and it just looks so much bigger in there. Yes. Uh, yeah, shiny. I mean, shiny hasn't been you know torn up like it would be so uh yeah i, I mean those were always we were, those were always great times but it was, i had a very consistent christmas growing up i mean it was it was my parents my sister and my dad's parents would always be with us that morning and then after christmas um after we would open presents um my my grandparents would go visit another family member and then we would go to my mom's parents over at the coast and where I lived, it would, it would like almost always be kind of cold and foggy. This is central California. You know, you don't think of it being kind of gray and dreary, but it's just in the middle of this valley and it'd be typically pretty foggy. And then we'd go to my grandparents on the coast and I mean, it would be sunny and 72 degrees. It was just like this perfect California 
weather <laughs> and you could wear short sleeves and um it was just glorious and you know my cousins were there and it was it was a good time so that's what we would do. yeah yeah i it's funny like we had a hallway in a in a pocket door that would close it and mm-hmm. christmas morning we, we couldn't open it you know so we're waking our parents up and then again very just sort of predictable morning and mm-hmm. you know you were california i was sunny south florida and december right. in south florida is glorious and so usually we had doors open and and screens and wind blowing uh and cool you know, cool 70s it was you know cool 70s yeah hey that's Having spent a week in Orlando in July, I mean, 70s is, I mean, that that is like a, a wintry uh, Canadian gust of, of frost that comes down there at that time oh, of year. Orlando in July is like, it's it's close to hell, man. It's it, just it was, this, it was terrible. this heat sink in the middle of the state with no breeze and all concrete and cement. It was terrible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and speaking of terrible things, so like a bad, uh, uh, like a not fun Christmas memory. And of course, like, you know, I, I mean, people can experience death and, and I don't want to make light mm-hmm. of that. But just as a kid, I remember, um, I don't know, I was really young and they had these these cars that they were literally these little cars that were only maybe a foot mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. with a pressure chamber. I mm-hmm. might have told this story last year mm-hmm. and you pump it up with air, the pressure chamber, and then you'd mm-hmm. you'd release it and the car would go because the air would would, you know push the car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. This was a little gift that I got. It probably wasn't even the big gift of Christmas, but for some reason I was so excited about it. And I remember pumping this thing up and I'm pumping it and pumping it. And I let it go for the first time. And right as I did, my grandfather was backing out of the driveway. Oh no. And I mean, you couldn't time it more perfectly <laughs> for the tire of the car yes. to smash this thing yes. and i was just like go from like heights of joy again i was like mm-hmm. only a few years old you know I don't, maybe mm-hmm. six i don't to like misery and then my mom comes out and she sees me crying and she's like oh don't worry honey we'll get you a new one and i can hear my dad from from the house what what happened get him a new one how's he gonna learn disappointment <laughs> <laughs> so that was christmas morning there's always that yin and yang with parents right there's always the one oh oh, we'll get you a new one and there's always this was a learning opportunity for me for my dad christmas morning to get my toy destroyed the first time i use it oh man they by the way did get me a new one yes right right (laughs) oh man um worst uh, so worst memory on christmas for me i mean probably we were supposed to go see you know all of our family for Christmas is going to be a great time. And then um, my oldest daughter, and this was when she was maybe three years old, she just got really, really sick. Mm. We had to take her to the urgent care on Christmas day. We spent half the day in urgent. I mean, it was, you know, because we, we were visiting my parents. So we weren't even near our own doctor and we couldn't, I mean, all you could go to was an urgent care because that was all that you were going to get into. So that's what we did. And, and, um, you know, it just kind of was a was a downer of a day for you know, especially for her. She's sick and it's Christmas Day. Right. But yeah, I mean we have these ex- we definitely clean. have like it is a time to be with family and be joyful. Right. And then when something comes up last minute like that, that would you know and it reminds you that this is still a fallen world. You know? Yeah, I mean, right, right, right. Man. Um so uh Difficult things, since we're talking about difficult things, in, in 2023, as we look as the year wraps up, what uh, has anything been difficult this year? 
I mean, every day is difficult in its own way. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. It, it's uh, you know, we've had we've had a few kind of odd health issues. I mean, my mm. my um, wife and my youngest son and now my youngest daughter have all been diagnosed in the past year or so with celiac disease. So it's really changed the way we have to eat and um where we can go when we're out and what we just how we need to have things and it's almost like you think of like the kosher you know having a kosher kitchen that the the jews would have and um it's not it's not quite on that level but it's it's just a it's just a thing and um we just don't ever realize how much Mm gluten there i mean they put it in everything they put it in things you wouldn't even in a million years imagine that it would ever be in or and it's it's like any cross contamination can really just put them down and sometimes that just happens inadvertently i mean you touch a table that someone you know some crumbs fell on it and then you touch your food and it's the next thing you know i mean it's that it's that severe so i mean that's kind of been hard i think just having to reorient a lot of life because of that um i think it just it you know living in living in a world where um there's there's just more and more antagonism towards the things of of christ it seems like uh sometimes you you see that and there can be some just you know just real discouragement and of course, the you know having to battle the own, the own the sin that I have in my own life that seems to sometimes be besetting. Like it's just, man, why why am I not like, why is that not seeming to dis, dissipate as much of a as a temptation as much, or as something I cave into as much. Um, as I would hope, it's just that's that sort of thing. The enemy, I think, can kind of um, get get into your mind and and tell you like you're you're just a you're just a loser. You're just someone who's never um, you're re- you're really not um, you're almost you're almost kind of in the the cheap seats of. God's love, you know, that he, he loves the, 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 these, this group of people sitting in the box seats and you're, you're up here. And I think that that sort of can, can gnaw on you after a while after, but well, D- um, Darren, you know, I, even yeah. as you're talking, like, you know, mo- most of my adult life, I wasn't a pastor. I, I've been mm-hmm. a lot of things mm-hmm. and that part of life has gotten much more difficult for me since I became a pastor. Yeah, I think right. congregants may may not necessarily understand this, but I think because I have, again, more time not as a pastor, you know, as an engineer, a teacher, mm-hmm. business manager, somebody in the world, mm-hmm. uh, there, there's this added pressure because we feel the same things that our congregants feel about the culture, what's going mm-hmm. on in the world, the pressures, the the implicit persecution, the uh, the negativity, the tension, and yet we're supposed to be above it, you know, mm-hmm. and we're supposed to be able to have the answers for it. And yet, uh, in so, in some ways, I, I think 
it's helped me in being a pastor because it forces me to not react to things as frequently as I would. And and I fail in it. And then sometimes like, you know, people call me out, you know, and, and it's, mm-hmm. and I get it. I'm, 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 I'm okay with being called out when I'm wrong, but it's like, there's no, there's no latitude. You're a pastor, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it, that is tough. Um, yeah, right. And the food things, you know, you think like a hundred years ago, everything was natural, you know, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and maybe it was a little longer. I don't know the timeline on it, you know, when, when we became more of a, of a culture that was obsessed with f- fatty and processed foods and sugars. But, you know, but, but as we've, as technology has come and foods are mass produced, our, uh, I think we're seeing in the genetic code of like, it's changing us. And because, you know, whoever heard of a peanut allergy when we were kids, you know, and everybody has peanut, you know, my, my son, know. my son has yeah, one. Peanut you know? free classrooms and the whole I know, and, and the gluten thing. And so, yeah, it's, these are the, the blessings and the curses of, uh, of a fallen technology in a fallen world, right. you know, right, right, and, right. and for me, man, you know, I was sick those two weeks and, and, um, so my, uh, a cousin of mine, a first cousin of mine, she has that da- she's had down syndrome and she passed away, uh, while I was sick and she's in her forties. I kind of grew up with her, but she was in New York. I was in Florida. So it's not like we were super close, but our families are close families. And I'm very, I was close with her brother and sister and just growing up in, in the family, my entire life, you know, having a first cousin in a close family who has down syndrome, you know, special needs and seeing how my aunt and uncle loved her and how my cousins loved her and, and what it caused me to confront in my life. And I always said I, w- I was going to, you know, they, their life expectancy isn't as long. Um, she was doing fine until COVID. Once COVID came, it, it she'd never been the same. And so she's now passed away three years uh, after getting it. Um, but I bought a ticket to go up there and I, and no, none of the family expected me to go, but I wanted to be with my family in New York. And, um, because I was going, my parents decided to go from Florida to the funeral and I was able to get a ticket and I got somebody to preach for me and I was too sick to go and I had to cancel it. And so that's very fresh and raw for me. I know God had a purpose for it, but I really wanted to just, um, honor her family and their mm-hmm. love that they, uh, they showed her. And so that was, that's kind of a downer. Um, but, yeah. uh, apparently a couple hundred people showed up to the wake. I mean, wow, that's great. I know. Like, like here in the South, we do funerals. We don't get a couple hundred people, you know, mm-hmm. um, New York city is obviously more densely populated, but it, it was in you know, Brooklyn, but, uh, just to show the family, the amount of love, because it was that much a part of their life. Um, so there, I think there was real joy in the way the family came together around um one of the quote unquote least of these dying, yeah. you know. So that that was difficult. Um to go to a highlight of 2023. Man, God's faithfulness is is just been amazing and um it's been cool seeing my son, all my kids grow up. I mean, they're all my my daughter's a young lady, my oldest son is we're looking at colleges. Mm-hmm. My youngest son is, uh, he's just a fine young man. Um, I did a couple of trips with my oldest son for college visits and then like a, a whitewater kayaking trip with him. It was more like I was with a friend than Right. Right. Um, so just what the Lord's doing in our family has been very sweet. Um, Susan and I, uh, 
the marriage has been wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. But probably the highlight is just the God saving us through that car wreck that I've spoken quite right. a bit about. Right. You know, I mean, like that was that's like that's like, that's like the most difficult thing we've. Yeah. yeah, it's the most difficult thing we've dealt with, and then the way that God really just showed his love for our family. And I'm not just speaking, and you know, I've said this, not just in terms of the fact that because we didn't die, but just in how he was with us from the moment it happened through the whole thing, his presence with us was evident. And that just shows, you know, talking about the season, Emmanuel, God with us, um, we experienced his presence, our whole family did um, this summer in, in, in wonderful ways. Yeah. So how about a highlight for you, Darren? I, I I mean, just in a nutshell, I think our move over here uh, to Raleigh has been a, a highlight. It's been a, a, just a joy to be uh, back in ministry in the church, you know, just being able to do two things that I love, to be able to minister at the Capitol and being so much closer to it, uh, and then also being able to minister here at the church and being in the local church and just seeing how my, my family's adjusted so well. I mean, we miss so many of our people back in Greensboro, but we're, we're I'm just grateful for how we've settled in and, and Melanie and the kids have, and myself have developed good relationships and friendships. And so it, it's been, it's been a real joy to, to be here. And with all that transition that's been going on, um, been very, definitely a positive in our family. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. I, I, you yeah. know, because I know that was stressful and it was quick. Well, it was, yeah. <laughs> moving is it, moving is remarkably stressful. I mean, there's no question about it. And we decided to move in July, you know, during the hottest. It was the hottest week of the year. Well, it was August, the first week of August. And holy smokes, it's just not, it's just not a fun thing to do in that sort of weather. But, but so... Yeah, because again, I would characterize your move as as stressful and tense, just as I mm-hmm. am disconnected from it, right? And yet, that was the, that's part of the highlight of your year. And like I said, I mean, our car accident it was not only mm-hmm. stressful and and caused me to face certain things in my own heart and mind, but just like, right. isn't it amazing how the we experience the joys of life and God's faithfulness to His people? through the struggle. Right. And we, we spend so much time in our life trying to avoid the struggle. Right. And of course I'm not looking to careen across a highway, you know, and you're not looking to move just so you can experience the joy. Yeah. But like, that's a beautiful thing about, mm-hmm. about our Lord for us. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. Why don't you, why don't you lead us through the next three points? Terry? Major. Okay. So we were going to, one of the, the, the next question was this, what is a major uh, happening in the church in 2023 that stood out to you? Uh, just the church in America or around the world, one of the one of the big events that happened or big landmark issues. Well, what, this was your idea, actually. So why don't you go ahead and then I'll. Oh, yeah. I'll clean I mean, up no, there's always there's always so many of them. Um, I think in our own pocket of the world, the. The the um, death of Tim Keller, um, which was somewhat um, anticipated, and then the and then the the day before his death, the unexpected death of Harry Reader, 
Um, those two things really rocked our little corner of the Presbyterian Reformed PCA world. Um, we're talking about two giants uh, who people will be talking about in 100 years from now and, and maybe beyond that. I mean, just their, their influence upon uh, the, not only not only our pocket of the world, but but the church much uh, much beyond the, all of that. And um, I mean, Harry Reader dies in a, in a in a car accident, and then Tim Keller, you know, within twenty four hours, and and um, so it, it was a I think a big time of grieving. Um, and then we had we did an episode as well. A month before all that happened um, was the, the the shooting at the the Covenant School in Nashville, um, which happened at a PCA church. Uh, uh, the school was located in a in a PCA church, and so that really hit close to home. I mean, I think that was a those were major those were major happenings, and um, you know, I, I don't even need to enumerate what that. What that teaches you, what you, which, what kind of goes through your mind and heart during those times, but um, I think that all of that happening in short order uh, was 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 very difficult for our neck of the woods to to, to face, but also um, just leaning into the the providence and the goodness of God and His work through those those two men um and their their faithful ministries um and uh that that in in the wake of injustice and wickedness and death uh such as what happened at the covenant school uh there is there's a god who is good and sovereign and somehow in the midst of our life when we face the the deep pains and sufferings and the why questions um, we have a God who is truly going to work out these things for our good and for the sake of his glory. What was meant for evil, God will work out for good. And we just have to believe that and lean into that and live in such a way that that is as if that is true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really, so you talk about those two men passing away and then I, I like how you tied it in with the covenant, um, the tragedy at the school, but then all this leading up to our general assembly, which is our 50th general assembly and the 50th anniversary year mm -hmm. for the PCA. And so, um, that was tough. You know, it was, it was tough. I, a lot of us had seen Harry reader just, a, just a week before, a couple weeks before at the GRN conference down in Charlotte. And so that's one of the last times he spoke publicly one of the last right. times and and then yeah. you know like the idea that we'd go to general assembly and him not be there and then again with with tim keller his long struggle uh battle with cancer and he really honestly just modeled how a christian needs to walk through the difficulty and mm -hmm. you know not to tell anybody how to process their own struggle but it was just he was he really was a model of a christian mm -hmm. um dying well yeah, you know, but nobody wanted to see that, and um, it was sad for neither of those men to be there. And yet, at, at General Assembly 50th anniversary, with the impact that they had, and also, it's interesting how both men, uh, 
they represented a wing in the PCA, so to speak. And, you know, Keller, the city reaching movement and the missional missionalism and, and Harry Reader with sort of more confessional um confessionalism and yet both a heart for their cities, a heart for church planting, both have their own sort of philosophies and and track record of doing that very well. And so uh I don't know what the Lord was doing. I, I, I don't believe we don't believe in coincidences. And the fact that he took them both out on the same weekend, you know, just weeks before General Assembly, I don't know what it means, but it was for God's purposes and for, for our good for sure. Uh but we miss him. And yeah. uh, you know, the fiftieth anniversary of the PCA, which I've already said, and we right. got to have uh and you were here for, for one of the nights, we got to have uh, Dr. O. Palmer Robertson, one of our yes. Yeah. founders of the PCA, one of those men who stood up and said enough mm -hmm. with the PCUS. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was our missions conference speaker as we covered from the PCA motto, you know, faithful right. to the Great Commission. Um, mm -hmm. What is it? It's not faithful to the Great Commission. Faithful to the scriptures. Obedient to the Great Commission. Faith and obedient to the Great yeah. Commission. Yeah, that yeah. was our theme. Right. So, but you know, there's also wacky stuff going on in Christianity with, we, we did that episode on Andy Stanley and now apparently, so yeah, Andy Stanley and the Pope agree that we're going to bless, uh, they're going to bless same sex unions. Right. And, um, you know, so you basically have leaders, you know, the leader of the Catholic church, of mm -hmm. course, and then Andy Stanley, really the sort of the vote, the voice of the, uh, non-denominational, broadly evangelical, now more progressive woke side of things um and so where that leaves the church is in in chaos but he god is faithful to his church and he will build his church so yes that's right <laughs> uh yeah that's right right i mean it's like yeah, all right, so what you worry about you worry about the next generation of, of, of christians and so forth all the time with all this garbage going on uh, but God is faithful. I mean, like he really is. You look at our children. I mean, which which generation of parents hasn't looked down at their children's generation in in fear that they were the whole generation was going to go off the, the deep end? And, you know, on some level it does. But at the same time, I mean, God has his remnant of people and he will uh, his church will prevail. I mean, yeah. it, it just will. So we can we can trust that and, and live yeah. carefully in light of it. So what are you looking forward to in 2024, George? <laughs> well, I am usually very guarded about my life, uh, my mm -hmm. personal details of like I, I'm very open about like my emotions and things going on. But I'm also mm -hmm. guarded about certain things and certain things like birthdays and anniversaries. But I will say uh, next year I turn 50. Um you are about to be an elderly man. Yes. I got the great approval. And next year yes. is our 20th wedding anniversary. Yes. And yes. so, no, wait a minute. Uh, how, no, I'm sorry. Wow. My wife. Uh -huh. <laughs> you want to edit this part out? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, next year I turn 49. Right. And now I'm well, not going to edit it. You reach an age where you're like, I don't even I, know I don't who even, I am anymore. That's right. right. That, that's an illustration. Right. But, but really with, with. Almost in, in almost a year, I'll be almost 50. And that just tells yes. you how soon the 49 yes. is coming. So no. basically, uh, very soon I will be 50 and um, my wife and I will be married 20 years. Yeah. And so um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of neat, you know, uh, seeing 
what the Lord's done in in me and in my life. And I am not the person that I was before I married my wife. And uh, he's he's worked. It's just amazing. Yeah. And so just looking forward to kind of milestones, even though I usually wouldn't. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of things to look forward to family-wise, um, you know, just with growing up, with growing kids. But uh, I think, you know, for me, there's just a lot of tra- transition that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, ministry-wise. And I don't know how that's going to look in the next several months. Um, but I'm taking my my final D-Min Doctor of Ministry class at RTS in January. And then Mm. after I complete that, I'm going to be moving into the dissertation phase. So I'll be starting that this year, Lord willing. And that's exciting. How long does that take? How long do you, does it, do you have to write it? Oh, I mean, I have, I have quite a while to write it. It's how, how long I want to take to, to write it or how quickly I'm able to, to complete it and complete it well. But I mean, I, I would, I would love to have the entire everything completed and passed and so forth by the spring of 2025. Uh, ideal. You, you and I, you and I are on the same. We're on the same trajectory, and right, so right. my last class with my doctor of ministry at uh, BTS, Birmingham Theological mm-hmm. Seminary, is is starts in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's with Dr. George Grant. I'm very excited. Um, for uh to learn from him and and then we have something in the summer about writing the dissertation but basically right. after this after this January class ends like in April it's about a year you know till completion mm-hmm. so you and I are on this that's awesome Darren we're awesome. on the same track good yeah yeah well, I look track. forward to reading your dissertation actually I mean I'm it. sure you do I no, mean, I do. I mean people across the globe will be chomping at the bits Maybe we'll we'll host a reading here. Of, uh, yes, of, yes, yes. On Grace to stand in chunks. Right. <laughs> we will cross that bridge when we come to it. But I, I think, yeah, we'll we'll that'll be something we'll talk a little bit more about what it is that we're studying, where we're going. I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of in the the realm of political theology, and I think in 2024, you know, we have the election coming up, and really, what I'm seeking to do is to to help the church navigate how to live uh, faithful, Christ-centered, engaged lives as citizens of, of heaven and also as citizens of earth and ha- how we go about doing that, how the church speaks prophetically and where, to what degree it's supposed to speak um, but on these matters. And, and so anyway, that's more than, than uh, we bargained for, but it'll be something to discuss coming up. So, and, and I know that yours uh, will be as well. So the the final that, that, that would be by the way that would be an interesting episode. Just how right. how our doctor of ministry studies has impacted our mm-hmm. our current ministry. I mean, I'm so I'm I have a concentration in apologetics mm-hmm. and philosophical theology, and that's like I taught a whole class on identity. It might have been a year ago. Uh, I did we did a class on human sexuality. We did a I did a class on. Um, confronting injustice uh, without compromising truth and so all that has been influenced by by my studies and i know you the same thing all your classes have been have immediately found their way into your ministry that would be a cool discussion yeah. to have sometime we'll we'll talk about that for sure so so finally before we go um any final thoughts and particularly 
I mean, today is December uh, December 19th, and December 20th is probably when this will air, and uh, we're approaching uh, Christmas very soon. So uh, just thoughts on, on Christmas, the incarnation of Christ. Any other final thoughts, George? <clears throat> yeah, just succinctly, like what I've already said, just how through life's through the through the struggles of life this year god has like emmanuel mm -hmm. god with us has just been very evident to me and as i think of the incarnation the 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 coming in the flesh carne you know uh that god became a man that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and then you read at the end of revelation you know and and he will dwell with them uh, God's heart in the Exodus to dwell with his people. Like, we are not left alone now, even though we can't see him with our eyes. He's with us. And so living in light of the incarnation in the interim is kind of uh, what I want to just live deeper in, grace to stand on, so to speak, right. that in, in everything, in your move, in your family's health struggles, in the new job, you know, God is with you. In my, in the accident I went through, in, in my sickness the last couple of weeks that prevented me from doing things I wanted to, God has been with me. That's the spirit of Christ. And uh, just a wonderful thought that the creator of all things in his, in his transcendence becomes imminent to us in the person and of Jesus Christ. And then he literally is with us now, but one day we will... We will behold him and see his glory. See him as he is. Yeah, um, yeah. That that the fact that that the Lord is both holy, other and holy, 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 and um, dwells in unapproachable light, mm. and at the same time uh, became uh, made himself nothing and took on the form of a servant and and. Uh, had dirty feet and had to grow up and endure the 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 hardships of of life um in a in a fallen and decaying and broken world uh f full of sin and um living obediently and faithfully at every point of our failure and then that the, he is also with us now like we are if you have the the if you have in your soul that you are never alone, that God is always with you, what a great comfort that is, what a great compulsion to holiness that is, what a what a great um, assurance that um, even at, at the, the points of your failure that he's that he is with you and he's he's fighting for you. He's your advocate. He's your redeemer. He's your only hope in life and in death. So um, living in light of that, not just at this season, but all year long is exactly uh, the fuel, uh, the, the, the grace that we need to, to, to uh, propel us through the Christian life. But um, George, this was a fun episode, just bouncing around all these different topics. I'm really glad that uh, we were able to get back on and, um, and chat again. I hope that you and your family have a Merry Christmas and, and, uh, same to Meadowview, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, to being back on here with you again next time. 
Yeah, likewise, Darren. So Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everyone. We will see you in 2024.